This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. In a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Give it a go. Get together. Have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> there is one thing that I wanted to talk about tonight that is not necessarily like digging into the whole issue of some of the uh, civil unrest that's going on in the country, but there's a lot of stories that's coming out uh, about entertainment issues that the number one thing that I really want to talk about is the fact that people don't actually read the articles. They just read the headlines and then they react. Uh-huh. So there was a story that came out this week and both of these things have to do with HBO Max, the new HBO service that's the, the streaming service that's come out. So there's a story this week that said that HBO Max is taking Gone with the Wind off the off of their uh, catalog oh, wow. yeah. for the time being. And they didn't say they said nowhere in the article that they're taking it off forever. They said they're taking it off because they want to create some content that uh, kind of explains that this movie was made in a time. It was a product of its time. And there's things in that movie that were not okay then and they're not okay now. But, um, but people just read the headline and they just went with, Hey, hold on a second. My Facebook messages are just, and every time somebody sends me a message, the recording gets a ding, ding, <laughs> And I have no way of stopping it. Okay. Um, I forgot what I was saying. You're not hearing the ding. You're talking about Gone no, with but the it'll wind be on the recording. Putting a trigger warning at the beginning of it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it doesn't it doesn't say that in the headline. It says that in the article. So people read the headline, and then if you read all the comments that come underneath it, then everybody like this is censorship. It's mm-hmm. like number one you need to go back and look at what censorship is because HBO max is a private company. And just because they don't offer something to you, doesn't mean that it's censorship. They're not the government, (laughs) you know? And, uh, number two, they're not taking it off forever. They're going to put it back on there. They just want to put a bookend on it to explain a few things. It's the same reason that Warner brothers doesn't show speedy Gonzalez cartoons anymore. You know, you can find them out there, but for a while in the late nineties, anytime that they would show a Speedy Gonzalez cartoon, uh, you would see this little, this little 30 second, uh, 
commercial with Whoopi Goldberg kind of explaining, you know, these things weren't okay then, they're not okay now, you know, but this is entertainment of its time, and, you know, we're presenting it as that. So, I just wanted to bring that up and get you guys to to to, to chime in. Um, well, it's, I mean, I have faced censorship. I've been working in the entertainment business most of my life. Um, we did a play... Uh, at uh, Florida Atlantic University back during my graduate uh, years, a play called um, Corpus Christi, which is written by Terrence McNally. And if you're familiar with Terrence McNally, he was, sadly, he, he passed away a few years ago. Yeah. Um, he was one of the uh, leading gay playwrights uh, who not just, I mean, you know, you go back to Oscar Wilde for gay playwrights, but he was writing plays about uh, you know, about gay people. And usually they were, um, they were unflinching and kind of satirical, kind of comic, but he wrote this play Corpus Christi, which is the Jesus Christ story set uh, as told by 13 gay men in Corpus Christi, Texas in the mid seventies. And, um, it is, it's one of those shows that when you read it, you're like, what? It's it it seems like a, a very you know over the top burlesque. Let's just piss off as many people as we can play. Um, but uh, our school brought in a, a, a director who's a, you know I've worked with him since I started in the business, and he's you know an amazing director, Jay Barry Lewis in South Florida. If anyone down there is listening to this, he's awesome. Um, and it went from being something I was really kind of reluctant to be involved in. I did the lights for it, and I was the technical director to being one of the highlights of my career, it was one of the most moving, touching, awesome shows ever. But uh, there is a group called the Catholic League for Religious and Civil Liberties or some crap like that, which none of those words are true. Catholic Church wants nothing to do with these assholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are not about religious or civil liberties at all. They're about censorship. They are about stopping stuff like this whenever possible. And they have a particular... Bugaboo, I'll use a different word than I normally say about these jerks, uh, for Terrence McNally and for Corpus Christi. So whenever anyone does it, they jump all over it. And they had the Florida State Legislature ready to shut us down mm-hmm. because we're, we're a state school. Um, and I even got on the news uh, and actually ended up calling the Florida State Legislature Nazis, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like you do. Like you do, yeah, because, <laughs> you know, I'm so reserved with my opinions. Um, but, uh, you know, for once, our, our our department chief was not a man known for being particularly uh, brave or, or supportive of anything that didn't suit his agenda. Uh, but I'm being reserved and being nice. <laughs> My wife is over there giggling because she knows what I'm talking about. Um, but he shocked us all that he he stood up for the show and he said, "No, we're not shutting. We're not taking it down. We're not going to not do it." And um, we were thrilled. And and the and the, and the <laughs> we got one night we got protesters, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going out there to, to talk to them. I want to find out." And it was like three people. These <laughs> sad little hand-drawn placards just standing out there, and, and 
And I was like, why, why are, why are you guys here? Well, the paper said this show is bad. Yeah. And, I said, well, and they know nothing it? about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you read it? No. Are you, have you seen it? No. Then how do you know it's bad? The paper said so. Mm-hmm. And I was like, y'all have a good night. And I went back inside because I was out there. I was ready for a debate. I was ready for, for engagement. Right. And all I got was this, these, at the risk of using that awful term, these literally were sheeple. These people should have been munching on grass, just waiting for someone to tell them where to go next. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've also been, I've worked at religious schools and, and uh, you know, in private institutions. I work at a private school right now. And it's not censorship to not show something. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to know your audience. You've got to know the, the, uh, you know, the first I, I worked at Louisiana College in Pineville, Louisiana. Now, if you if you take a, take Louisiana, map of Louisiana, it's kind of rectangular. So you know how you can find the center of a square or a rectangle by drawing diagonal lines between the, the corners and where they cross. Right. That's, that's where Pineville is. It's right there. It's right. The next biggest town is Alexandria, Louisiana, which takes all of five minutes to drive across. Um. And my first show there as their technical director was Godspell. Yeah. And before we had even mounted the show, we were getting letters complaining about Godspell. Because, uh, quote, Jesus does magic tricks in Godspell, and that's not very respectful. So our director <laughs> now, and our director who was sitting in for our, our regular director, Tammy, who was just, she is a genius. I loved working with her. And she's still a very dear friend. Um, she would have told him to pound sand, but this guy just, he totally caved in and cut out all of the magic tricks from Godspell. If, you, if you're familiar with Godspell, Jesus, it, it's all a bunch of kids doing the Jesus story. And they're all, you know, they're all wearing really crazy, wacky clothes. And, and it's, 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 it was kind of made, I, I honestly don't remember which one came first. If, if it was Godspell or Jesus Christ Superstar, one was kind of trying to cash in on the success of the other. But Godspell is a much more upbeat. It's just straight up gospel, just gospel verses set to tunes. Um, and you know, one of the fun things about the show is that Jesus is doing sleight of hand tricks through the whole show. Didn't do any of them because our director was a coward. Um, but even that's not censorship. That is just giving the audience what you think they want. Censorship is when my, someone else. My cousin Jessica outside. lives. My cousin Jessica lives in Louisiana, and she said to tell you that Alexandria is all four <laughs> Pope people. People have. She, she lives on the base at four Pope. <laughs> you know the funny thing is Pineville. We didn't realize after we like we'd been there the first night there. Uh, well, we got there really. Our, our second night there, I went to the Win Dixie. Well, first I went to the Piggly Wiggly to try to get some beer. There's nothing wrong with Piggly Wiggly. There's nothing wrong with Piggly Wiggly. It's just funny to say. Uh, so then I went to Win Dixie, and I'm looking around, and I'm not finding. And finally, I I grabbed someone. And I said, "Where where do y'all keep your beer? Oh, we don't sell any. It's a dry county. Yeah. Now we've been driving through or a dry city. It's not a dry county. Yeah. Now this is in the middle of Louisiana. We stopped in several places on the way up there in Louisiana, where like Seven Eleven sell hard sell hard liquor in Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> but Pineville. You can buy guns and, and alcohol, or uh, guns and tobacco, but you can't buy alcohol in Pineville. Um, but it's kind of silly because Alexandria is literally 
two minutes away. So it was just like, all right, I'll go to the Walmart and <laughs> get all the beer I want. Hey, uh, just before we go on, Rick, I think I think you have the wrong mic selected. Is it our goddamn camera again? I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, it sounds all right, but I just I know it doesn't sound like it's the mic that's right in front of you. So, yeah, the... Chris, what do you think about this? Well, we're talking about censorship. Yeah, um, well, I mean, the, the gone with the wind yeah, issue. The gone yeah, gone with the wind issue. I find that um, I used to get a lot more upset about this stuff than I do now, um, and it was in direct proportion to things that I held dear. Um, I mean, the earliest example I can think of, and this is so fucking banal, but it was um, – I think they were discussing okay. something about like Looney Tunes. Um, like you are saying Speedy Gonzales, but it was even before that and how they weren't going to show certain cartoons, and I was just like – log out and come back in. It's okay. Okay. And I was just like, well, you know, it's, it's just a reflection of the times. So Mm -hmm. you have to, and then I think about it and I say, no, that's, that's actually bullshit. Yeah. It is a reflection of the times, but that doesn't mean that we have to keep perpetuating those stereotypes. And just because it was something that I grew up with and I held somewhat dear, like some kind of nostalgia for, um, doesn't mean that it's okay just because I can put it into a certain context. Mm-hmm. And this, it, it, it sort of sparked up again. The most recent example I can think of is when people were going to protest Nick at night because they weren't going to show the Dukes of Hazard anymore because of the General Lee, because mm-hmm. of the Confederate flag on the car. Yeah. And people, are, oh, this is bullshit. And you are getting up in arms over it's the Dukes of Hazard, quite possibly, if not definitively, the stupidest show ever produced for television. <laughs> I used and, to love the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> yeah, I me too, every Friday night. It was yeah. it was the Hulk and the Dukes, you know? That was yeah. it. That was yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I watched it from beginning to end. And, you know, I loved it when I was a kid, too. But I'm thinking, whose life is substantially worse for not seeing that stupid show? And this is what this is the hill you're going to die on about the General Lee. Yeah. Um, So I find that as I get older, I hold things, um, I think, with a bit more uh, like like, uh, sort of with less. I'm less precious about things. Let me put it that way. And I think that if you think as an organization that you want to either stop showing something because you just don't think it reflects the values that you want to perpetuate as a company, or if you want to put some kind of warning up at the top, um, just so that people who might be sensitive to this kind of stuff have at least a, a, a fair shake at, at sort of avoiding it if they want to. I think that's just fine. And if you're going to cry censorship, I think it's because it speaks to something in you that maybe you're not comfortable with, but you don't want to examine. So if you are getting angry because they're doing this or they're doing that, say to yourself, do, what, do, what do I really care about this property? What do I really care about Gone with the Wind? What do I really care about the Dukes of Hazard? What is it that's sparking this reaction? This this defensive, just sort of knee jerk. No, you shouldn't do that. It's, I think it's also because we've had so much bullshit in the last decade about you know things being remade in ways that fanboys don't like. Mm-hmm. And if I you know the, the the term "you're raping my childhood," 
It's just like, you know what? Fuck your childhood. You know, <laughs> you know, you're, you're a grown. I'm 50 years old. My childhood was back in the 70s. It's fine there. It's OK. Yeah. I'll I'll be OK. You know, I if, if you want to see the Dukes of Hazard, you can find the Dukes of Hazard. And that's the other thing. Nobody's stopping you from watching the Dukes of Hazard. You just can't see it on Nick at Night. Yeah. Guess what? There are a billion other channels. And I bet you 99% of the people bitching weren't watching Nick at Night anyway. Yeah. So all of a sudden, they're a pariah for not showing a dumb show that you haven't seen in 30 years. Yeah. But th- that's the kind of thing. And people just have this knee jerk. Well, why, why would you do that? Why, well, I'll tell you why you would do it. Because it's it's reflecting values that are wrong there's a lot of times on uh the quantum leap podcast and quantum leap is a family show but we talk about stuff that is just you know if the roles were reversed between the men and the women on the show it would never air um some of the stuff that al does he's very lascivious probably wouldn't fly today and there are shows where we talk about rape and at the top of those shows, I will always put a, a warning, just saying, you know, warning. We, we, we talk about rape and rape culture, frankly, in this episode. So discretion is advised just so that people know, because what does it hurt to let people know that we might be broaching a topic that could upset someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? And that's all they're doing that they're doing with this Gone with the Wind thing. They're just taking yeah. it down and they're going to put it back eventually. The thing is, if they... If they just did it and didn't make an announcement about it, nobody would know it. It's just like when Dukes of Hazard was on Nick at Night. If they just stopped showing it, right. hardly anybody would even notice. Uh, exactly. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some people that were noticing, but at the time, I think the Dukes of Hazard was showing on a lot of different channels, you know, because the movie came out in like 2005, you know, so for a while, there was a lot of channels that were showing Dukes of Hazard, you know, for a couple hours mm-hmm. every day. Uh, Jessica's got a point. Uh, has anybody watched Gone with the Wind recently? I mean, really, the Southerners in it are vapid and ridiculous. Scarlet worries about her waist measurement. Ashley is obnoxious. It's not glorifying the Antebellum South. If anything, it's a parody. And that's that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and you know, that also brings up a point because a lot of people look to popular entertainment of, you know, days gone by and all of a sudden it becomes this nostalgia head trip of how great things were when None of that was ever a true reflection of anything that was ever going on in the world. It was always some kind of bullshit idealized version of what they thought could sell advertising. Mm-hmm. So you, you also have to take that into account. And I also find that I care less about it with properties that I don't care about. Like Gone with the Wind, I've never seen it. I don't plan on seeing it. So what do I give a shit about? Oh, you've never seen thing? Gone with the Wind? No. I haven't seen it in years. And that's mainly because of how long it is. I mean, you've got to... It, it, Gone with the Wind is a time investment. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly every time it comes on, too. So that's, yeah. <laughs> they show it at the, we have like a, the Alabama Theater, um, which is a, one of, a, a big old time movie theater here in Birmingham. And they show it every year. So the last time I saw it was probably there. Uh, hi, Lindsay. I, you, you said hi a while back and I never responded. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you got the whole Confederate flag thing with the, uh, you know, NASCAR announced this week that they're not going to allow anybody to fly it at the races. They announced, they took it down a while back because they used to, they used to actually have the, the Confederate flag up with the American flag and everything at, at NASCAR events. They took it down several years ago. A lot of people had a problem with that, but now they're announcing that nobody's allowed to fly it. And, uh, but if they just, 
you know, it's another, it's another one of those things, you know, if you just made that rule and just, if somebody put it up, you just went and told them to take it down or whatever, it would cause a lot less of, uh, people, you know, these keyboard warriors. Yeah. But the whole point of making that rule was to get the good PR. That's true. So yeah. Yeah. I think that there definitely have some kind of motive there. You know, that, that's a, that's a, that's a whole other show in itself. I, I'm kind of of the opinion that when corporations do the right thing for the wrong reason, at least the right thing is getting done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sure. you know, there's also I'm finding there are there are gray areas in that 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 as well. But uh, that you know that's a whole other discussion. Something else I recently found out about uh, a friend of mine uh, works for Disney. <laughs> I'm in Florida. Big big shock. Um, there has been a petition. Are, are, are any of y'all familiar with Splash Mountain at Disney? Yeah, at Disney World, yeah. I've heard okay. of it. I've never been to Disney. So. Uh, the it, It's not publicized. It's not named for the movie, but all of the... Mm. All of the uh, Song of the South. Things in South, uh, inside are, yeah, or Song of the South. Yeah. And I, I remember the first time I... The one time I went on Splash Mountain, because I don't do dropping rides. I just did it once to say I did it when I was younger. Um and I'm seeing all of this Br'er Rabbit stuff. And, you know, I saw the movie when I was a kid. And now, yeah. you know, rightfully so, it's gone. Um, but uh, I had no idea that Splash Mountain was was supposed to be a Song of the South ride. And I think Disney didn't really want anyone knowing that it was. Uh, well, there's now a petition saying, you know, this, this stuff is racist. It needs to go. And apparently some of the people that work... Disney are not as enlightened as we would have expected, given Disney's liberal policies, uh, and they're all pissed off about it. And uh, I just, you know, even when I was more interested in Disney than I am now, uh, I just can't see getting all that upset about an amusement park ride getting changed. You know, people just lose their minds about this stuff, and I just I don't think- get it. Disney is especially sacrosanct to a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that, uh, again, I know that Song of the South, uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen it. Maybe it was on the Wonderful World of Disney when I was a little that kid. Maybe where I saw it, yeah. yeah. But um, the fact that the ride doesn't reference the movie but just features some of the music, isn't that like zippity doo yeah, mostly and that. All, and the, this, and all the cartoon all, characters are in there. The, yeah, they oh, got they? all okay. these animatro- oh, I don't know. animatronics and stuff, yeah. All right. So, I mean, I really don't know, but it's funny because we had uh, talked about Song of the South in our song for the soul episode uh, of Quantum Leap. I don't know how it came up. I think it was anyway, we we had discussed it and somebody wrote on the Facebook page um, about how the movie was actually it was just a giant racist screed defending the film and defending Mm -hmm. the portrayal of people of color in the film. Mm -hmm. And it's just like banned. It's like, how can you be a Quantum Leap fan, which is a progressive show that that blatantly spoon feeds ideas of tolerance, and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about now something like that, but think about somebody talking about that seriously and saying how the movie was actually anyway. I, I can't, I can't reconcile like science fiction fans. And fantasy fans who are also bigots. It, it just doesn't compute to me because it seems to me like 
most sci-fi espouses a very liberal view of social policy and the future. It's a very progressive medium. So it always, it just always confounds me when someone who's a fan of something like a quantum leap is also just a stone cold bigot. It's like, what are you watching in this show that isn't infuriating you every second that you're watching it? Like, mm-hmm. how are you a fan of this? So I, I guess I, I don't know where I was going with that because of the Song of the South thing, but it ju- it just shows like people will defend stuff just because, just because it, it it fits in with their point of view, and they're not willing to examine what it is that they're actually defending. It's just a knee jerk thing. Yeah. Well, with the with the Song of the South, with the Splash Mountain in particular, because I have ridden it a couple of times. And I mean, like as recently as about a year, year and a half ago, um, everything about Song of the South that is controversial is not in this ride because this no. ride is just because most of the stuff that's controversial in that movie, which I, I saw the movie when I was a kid, they used to show films at the library during the during the summer for kids. And we would come we would come at like 10 in the morning and watch a couple of Disney movies or something. But um most of the stuff that's controversial is the live action parts, you know, because the main character, the the main character is a story, this, this, this older black man. That's like a, he's telling stories to these kids and he's a slave, you know, that's the, the main plot, but he's not in the ride. You know, the ride is just the cartoon characters that are in the stories that he's telling, you know? So you just get a lot of Br'er rabbits. She's like, don't throw me in that briar patch and all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, if they changed it, I would, I wouldn't bat an eye. It's fine. It'd be the same ride. Yeah. You know, you, you go, you go, you go down this little river, you see some animatronic characters doing some funny things, and then you take a free fall and you get wet. You know, does it really <laughs> matter what animatronics you're watching and what they're doing? You know, they, they can change it to frozen if they want to or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever's topical at the time. They can turn it into a, a Marvel theme. Uh, ride if they want to. That's probably what they'll end up doing. You know what? I missed the hell out of those 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to really <laughs> lose any sleep about the fact that it's gone. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, sure, I'm sure with Disney, with Disney World knowing them, the, it'll, the ride will still be there. They'll just change the theme. Yeah, you know, it, that, that one's too big. You know, they, they, they're, there's, they're, uh, there's a YouTube channel. I forget what it's called, but it's like dedicated to amusement park rides of that that are no more and they've they've you know i watched a couple of the shows and they've, they've got one on the, the Twenty Thousand leagues ride and it was like you know it's like a 20 minute video about the history of <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, uh, not frozen <laughs> that's not what she said <laughs> um uh that's not all she said yeah. uh you know, and, and it, you know, goes into the details about how expensive the ride was and, and, uh, and it didn't stay very, you know, I love, I remember going on it when I was a kid. We came to Florida when I was like five or six and we went to Disney World and I was so excited and I was nervous because I'd never been in a submarine before and I was like, I have never breathed compressed air before. You know, even as a kid, I was a freaking tech wonk and, uh, <laughs> And then we're going along. And if you've ever been on the ride, you, you know, you go, it's got a bunch of Nautiluses, you know, from the, from, from the movie. And you go down into it and it's long benches on either side with windows. And you're looking out 
and and then you know the windows are below the water level, and then they've got just a bunch of you know animatronic displays out there in the water from you know kind of from the movie. Well, I'm really enjoying this, and then I look up and I see that the surface of the water is only a couple of feet above the window, and I'm like, we're not really underwater. <laughs> yeah, my whole world was shattered. <laughs> um, the other thing that I brought up, that, and because I said there was a couple of things that HBO Max had had announced this week, the other thing that came up was on the new Looney Tunes cartoons. This is another example of people not reading the article, only reading the headline. <laughs> Have you guys seen any of the new Looney Tunes cartoons that they that they've got on HBO Max? So I've watched mm-hmm. a few of them, and they're pretty good. I like them because they. They are a lot like classic Looney Tunes. A lot more like classic Looney Tunes than anything Warner Brothers has put out since Looney Tunes. You know, they're always trying to do something different with Bugs Bunny. You know, like Space Jam and, and all that kind of stuff. I like Tiny Tunes because they just, they were like, you know, they were related to Looney Tunes, but they were their own thing. Yeah. And then every now and then one of the, one of the, the old guard would come in and, you know, teach a class or something. But yeah. I really enjoy Tiny Tunes. This is just like, I mean, this is just like watching old, old Looney Tunes cartoons. But, um, they announced that Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam are not going to have guns anymore. And everybody, okay, so they put this out. People read the head, the headline and they automatically thought they're going to go back to those old Looney Tunes cartoons and they're going to take the guns out of their hands. What are they going to put back in their hands? A sandwich? You know, or something like that, and have Yosemite Sam throwing sandwiches up in the air and stuff like that. Like, no, they're talking about the new Looney Tunes cartoons. They're just going to not have guns. And I watched one of the new ones that actually had Elmer Fudd in it because I was kind of curious. Well, what are they going to do? You know, he's he he's a hunter. He's hunting wabbits. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the new in the cartoon that they had with him, he's not even in the woods. He's in his house, and he's cooking rabbit stew. And Bugs Bunny is swimming, and when the cartoon opens, Bugs Bunny's swimming around in the pot, and Elmer Fudd is chopping up vegetables and putting them in the pot and all that kind of stuff. And then they, you know, it goes on from there. But, um, I just, really, are they ruining your life because they're not going to show Elmer Fudd with a gun? If we have, in our, in our society, where we have a shooting at a school every other week, then is it really a bad thing that we not have guns on Saturday morning? <laughs> I mean, is it really that bad? <laughs> it's just, and this, and the, I mean, Bugs Bunny's still going to use dynamite. It's not like they're changing everything. He's still going to be blowing stuff up with dynamite. Now, if they outlaw anvils, I'm out. Yeah, there you go. yeah I'm done with that. <laughs> there's a but, there's a line for everybody. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's another one of those things that, uh, yeah, I like those old cartoons. I, I still watch them from time to time, but Hey, if you want to take the gun out of Elmer's hand, I'm not, I'm not going to go pick at Warner brothers over that. You know, if your life is so centered and good that the only thing you have to get angry about is whether a cartoon character has a shotgun or not. Good for you. You solved every problem that anyone ever has to live with. You know, but this does speak to a bigger issue that I'm sure we've gotten angry about on the other side of censoring entertainment, saying that it is the cause 
of societal ills like censoring rap music because of violence or censoring um what's the other one uh video I just games? lost video games thank you Rick. Yeah. because they're ultra violent and it's just like well yeah you that's that's a convenient scapegoat and i think that um certainly in my lifetime i'm just like well that's bullshit and this is sort of on the same page with that i don't know that i care about it so much but if people are getting upset by saying that just because we're not going to show elmer fudd with a gun um it's not going to do anything to change school shootings yeah elmer fudd has not, you, you know what i mean i I, yeah, I I know. I, it won't do anything to change it, but you know, it can't hurt. It yeah, can't it hurt, hurt to take it away. Yeah, it can't hurt to take it away. But at the same time, let's not say that that's a cure. No, you know, you know, I, I, th- this discussion is something that's been on my mind a lot for a lot of years. Um, about mm, it was before Sharon was born, so probably ten years ago, my wife bought me the Johnny Quest box set. It came out on DVD. Now, Johnny Quest was one of my favorite cartoons growing up as a kid. Um, you know, little blonde kid, that was me. So I related to Johnny. Um, watching it now, my God, was that show racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it was, it, well, it was, it was, it was one of those shows where it, it kind of fit into the, the whole James Bond of the of the late 60s, early 70s, where with the evil Asians everywhere and the evil Russians everywhere kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and anyway, Johnny Quest, is, again, that's a whole other show. But one of the things I appreciated about Johnny Quest, watching it as an adult, is there are guns everywhere. And there's no, there's no, uh, I mean, you know, there's not blood and guts and entrails all over the place. It's still a Saturday morning cartoon and it's filmation for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Dr. Quest, tell me what you're going to, what I want to know, or I will kill you. I mean, none of this, <laughs> you know, Skeletor beating around the bush kind of crap. And when people got shot, they bled or they died. Or, you know, if they dropped a boat on a bunch of, on a bunch of guys, they didn't all go home. And, I think if they tried to air that today, people would would lose their minds. But I think violence with consequence is a hell of a lot healthier than like what I saw in the eighties uh, and the kind of stuff that uh, you know. <laughs> Jessica um, says Russians are evil. What are you getting at, Rick? <laughs> I know some very nice Russians. Thank you. Very much. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, um, you know. My brother used to watch a show called Thunder. Well, there's two, two, a couple of years between us. So he was watching cartoons a lot longer than I was. And one of the shows he liked to watch was Thundar the Barbarian. I don't know if any of you guys might remember Thundar. I, I know, but yeah. It was, it was this cartoon that was set in the, in the distant future where, you know, post-apocalyptic future where the world's kind of reverted to this medieval thing, you know, medieval state. And Thundar Pretty had, story. huh? Prehistoric. It was it was not medieval. It was before that. Oh, okay. Pre- the reverted to like caveman kind of thing, but there were swords and stuff. And I'm watching Thunder like fight things, and you know he pulls out his sword, and then he would just like intimidate this big dragon monster to, to like back up into a phone booth, and then he trap it in the phone booth, or yeah. or you know the A team where 
you know, crates of ammo are expended in every episode and nobody gets a scratch. Right. <laughs> um, you know, or GI Joe where, you know, the only things that ever get killed are robots is, I think that's far more harmful than what I grew up with seeing that guns and knives and, and, you know, stuff like that actually cause damage rather than ha ha ha. I can blow someone up and they're going to walk away. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the that that's the only thing with that I'm that I'm getting at with the Looney Tunes and and then don't think, don't get me wrong, I'm a Looney Tunes fan. I love Looney Tunes. But if you see um if you're a kid and you're watching Looney Tunes and you see Daffy Duck get shot in the face and the only thing that happens to him is that his bill is on the back of his head, then and I'm not talking about a 12 year old kid. I'm talking about like a five year old kid. And then they later on, they see a gun and they pick it up and they don't realize that, Hey, if I point this at my brother and pull this trigger, his face isn't going to spin around. No, he's going to die. <laughs> you know, yeah. who's leaving so, a, who's leaving a gun lying around where a five-year-old you would be surprised. Get at it. That, that well, that's, but, but what I'm saying is, so is the cartoon, the problem or is the fact no, no, that no, no. The kid cartoon, it's not the cartoon's fault. Yeah, no, I'm just, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I hear you, Sean. And you're right. And that's, that's one of my favorite episodes because he gets shot in the face multiple times and his beak always winds up in a different spot. And it's hilarious. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but you're right. I mean, I think that the fact that it was just so over the top, it was a cartoon, you know, you're supposed to be sensible enough to know that this is fantasy. And the fact that I was just, because because you sean because sean ray i was watching the andy griffith show and like the second or third episode is opie and his friends playing cowboys and indians with Mm -hmm. with guns guns everywhere we had we had guns when we were growing up like cap guns and it's just what you had and even the kids that weren't allowed to play with guns would just pick up a stick and play with guns Mm -hmm. it's it's just was endemic in the culture so i don't know that whether or not Looney Tunes has guns or not is going to be um, effective in itself. But what it does mark is sort of a change, a shift away from something that's been in the culture since, you know, since all of us can remember. Jessica said that uh, she lives on an army post and kids have toy grenades. She had one left at her door when she said no to popsicles. <laughs> That'd be scary. <laughs> you just open your door and there's a grenade there. Okay. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't have the patience for caps, for the cap guns. I would just take the roll out and get a hammer or a rock. And just hit <laughs> oh, yeah, I would sit on the sidewalk with a rock all the time, yeah. But Brenda mm-hmm. said, yeah, Brenda, parents parents should keep their guns like that. They, yeah, absolutely. There's there's enough responsibility to go around. <laughs> yeah, and you also have to remember, you guys, I was a city kid, so I yeah. never saw a gun, like ever. So, you know, guns were like were like big houses and vacations. They were something that people on TV had, but we didn't have those, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we never had yeah. a gun in the house. I wasn't allowed to play with guns, but yeah, I, you know, had plenty of sticks. You know, any any Y-shaped stick became a gun or a phaser when we were playing. I um, did grow up around guns, and uh, I, I probably had my own BB gun when I was six. And then took Ralphie. graduated to a <laughs> and you have both when I was about 12, so... <laughs> What's that? And you have both of your eyes. I do. <laughs> yeah, but one thing yeah. that um, you probably got along with those guns was lessons in responsibility. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How to use them and how not to use them. 
But so I also point, realize that there's a lot of kids out there that their parents are not as responsible with, uh, with, uh, firearms anything. as my dad was, you know, so. Okay. That's, that's why I don't, I mean, I would, I, I like shooting. Uh, I enjoy target shooting. Um, but I don't keep a gun in the house because I don't feel I need it. And yeah. why add the possibility? You know, so we have swords though. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm probably more dangerous with a sword than I am with a gun. So. <laughs> All right. Here's the other thing that I wanted to talk about tonight. This is just something fun that I thought I would do. And I'm actually kind of ripping it off from, uh, from Joe Crow, um, because he did a live stream the other night where they talked about what would the Avengers be like if it had been made in the seventies? Like who would play these different parts and things like that? So I thought it would be fun to talk about what would the Avengers be like and who would have been cast in these parts if they made the movie or they were making these movies in the nineties. I knew you were going to go for the decade. I don't know anyone from. <laughs> well, a lot, a lot of them from the nineties are still around. They were just younger. Hmm. Hang on. I and I have drink. a, I have a list of, um, that this kind of goes around from time to time. And it's the people that are kind of picked who would have played those characters. So we can talk about if they are the best choice or if, uh, we can <sighs> think of somebody better. Paul Rubens is Hawkeye. Paul Rubens says, okay. In the nine, in the early nineties, I think he was still playing Pee Wee. So that would be, that would be a departure. <laughs> I, I can't stand Hawkeye. Um, so, and one thing that you got to remember is in the nineties, there was no way that they would have done this whole thing of everybody gets their own movie. And then we do the Avengers. They would have just done the Avengers. And then they would have done Avengers 2 and Avengers 3 and that kind of thing. Um, they wouldn't have made all these individual movies. So, hmm. um, they put down for Captain America, they put Brad Pitt. I'll be right back. Okay. I don't know if that's who I would choose. Uh, well, I, I tried know. to, I tried to think of who I would choose. Thank you. <laughs> for Cap in the 90s, um, yeah, because they tried to make Brad Pitt an action hero in Troy, and it just—he was just too, okay. <laughs> too, we'll share the joy. too wiry. You needed someone beefy. Who would? I apologize, guys. Who would be? You know, in the nineties, he was 90s. making movies like Seven and Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, and, and but I mean, about Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah Brad Pitt. At his, at his peak, he was he was always wiry and spindly and and you know abs for days he was not like captain america build well you gotta if you go back and you watch movies from the 90s and you watch television from the 90s the guys that were considered to be athletic and buff didn't look like the guys that are athletic and buff now because you look at um quantum leap for example there's a lot of episodes, of there's a lot of episodes where Sam takes off his shirt. And he was, he was fit, you know, in the nineties and the late eighties when he was doing that show. And, uh, but he didn't look like Chris Hemsworth without his shirt on. And they now, would have tried to cast yeah. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, but these days everybody's gotta be shredded, you know, like yeah, completely. Shredded. Exactly. They gotta have like, 
a half a percent body fat on <laughs> their whole body. You want Arnold Schwarzenegger as Captain America? Multiple times in the last year. Um, because show. And, uh, yeah, he's not out of shape. I'll tell you that, or he wasn't. Yeah. When he was playing Sam. I mean, he was in very, like, top physical condition. He just wasn't over the top. I think right now is what we're seeing is a completely ridiculous ideal of, of how you have to be. To, to to look at Scott Bakula and to say he wasn't really in shape when he was on Quantum Leap is just it's ludicrous. I mean, he was he was he was in peak he was in peak condition. He just wasn't you know he didn't have a twelve pack. And I feel bad for you know I don't feel bad too bad. I mean, his job is to make movies and go to the gym. He's he's Chris Hemsworth. It's yeah. uh, you know <laughs> oh no poor guy. But still, I mean, it's it's almost an impossible standard to meet. And I can tell you it's not easy when um, about 10 years ago, I was like a total gym rat. And as much as I dieted, as much as I exercised, I couldn't get a six pack. Like it, you, it's just really hard so that these guys are able to do it at all and that they have to maintain it now into their 50s and 60s because that's just the standard. I, I don't know that you it, – it's like apples and oranges. You can't compare. So well, anyway, that's – in, in the nineties, what are you talking about? She said, <laughs> Jessica said that when she made that Russian comment, that it tripped an alert on Facebook, like some kind of alarm. <laughs> I didn't see that. I, didn't, I mean, I, I didn't get anything on my Facebook. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> what were you going to say, Rick? Um, well, back in the nineties, when they were, they weren't. I guess. When did when did the X Men the first X Men movies come out? Were those in oh the 90s? not not two thousand two thousand one? I feel like I feel like Hugh Jackman set the standard for everybody going forward. Um, so like, but like the 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 original Flash when they tried to make the the suit look like muscles and it was just mm. that was the early nineties. Yeah, that was like ninety one ninety two. So that's um, probably you know I you know I could see them doing Brad Pitt and putting him in something like that. But think of the difference between Christopher Reeve and Henry Cavill. Yeah. You know, and Reeve worked out, you know, I, I read tons of story. Reeve was built, mm-hmm. but it just didn't show through the, you know, because what you see in comic books are, is not what right. fabric not in real life does. Yeah. 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 That's the, I mean, that's just the, the difference in what we, what we consider fit now, and what we consider fit then. I well, mean, he went on like in like the '90s, it was more ninety realistic. pounds of muscle for that part. Yeah, Reed did, and and you know, I read that and I was like, really, you really couldn't tell because you know they made the suit as tight as it could, but you know, yeah, real yeah, real fabric. Now don't he would have to muscle. he would have to put on like two hundred pounds of muscle. Well, the thing is, though, you know, what's gotten better is costume technology. That's why they keep making these outfits out of that like kind of rubber. You know, Cavill, yes, Cal, you know, when they, in the, in the scenes where he's, you know, without a shirt on, dude is ripped as hell. But I promise you, the outfit he's wearing is also way accentuating more than what's coming through on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've gotten much better at it, looking more like it's, you know, muscles underneath as opposed to you know, wearing 20 pounds of foam rubber, you know. Like Michael the, Keaton when he could barely move wearing his muscle costume you know he, yeah. could, he couldn't even turn his head he was like yeah. how do you yeah, fight that, crime that, that, when you're that, doing that, like that, 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 you're doing this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i still say i you know i love batman 89 or whatever they're calling it now to just differentiate it you know the tim burton batman i love that movie i've always loved that movie i've always hated 
Michael Keaton as Batman. I love him as Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Hated him as Batman. I, I thought, and this is not a popular opinion, uh, George Clooney could have been the best Batman ever because he had both. He looked, he worked for me as Batman and he was an awesome Bruce Wayne, but he got the worst movie of the bunch. They've got, uh, for Iron Man, they've got Tom Cruise. Now, I can't deny that that's probably who would have played the part. Yeah. In the day, and I don't know that he would have done a bad job. You know? Well, People make fun of Tom Cruise, but every mo- just about every movie that Tom Cruise comes out with, I like the movie. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm unabashedly a fan of Tom Cruise. I yeah. like his movies. I even watched The Mummy. I, I, like, the mummy. I like the mummy. I really did like it. So, yeah. I mean, I, well, I mean, it was not a good movie, but it was fun. It certainly it wasn't was a bad not movie, as bad yeah. as it got. It got, and I, you know, I love. Um, oh, what's her name? She was she was in Star Trek Beyond. Sophia. Sophie. Bukella. But yeah, and she was also in. She was also in Atomic Blonde. Butella. Sophia Butella, something like that. Yeah. Did you also did y'all see Atomic Blonde? Yeah, did not. I did, yeah. That was a great movie. Yeah. I really hope that it's a, it gets a sequel. And they also put down, for Spider-Man, they put Leonardo DiCaprio. Spider-Man is one of these is one of these things that the, the first Spider-Man movie didn't come out until 2001 with Tobey Maguire. But it was one of those properties that got kicked back and forth for a decade before that movie was actually made. So, I... Leonardo oh, DiCaprio. Do you was, remember the seven? Do y'all remember the the seventies Spider Man TV show? Sure. Oh yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, but I think that you say it got kicked around for a decade. Toby was a little bit too old to be Peter Parker, so he could have played Peter in the nineties too. Yeah, he could have. I thought he was a great Peter Parker. But I don't so. doubt that Leonardo DiCaprio. And somewhere out there, there is a list of people that were up for the part, and I bet Leo was on that list. Because he's just one of those guys that's of that age that uh, probably got put on the list for a lot of parts like that. Leonardo DiCaprio always had a very boyish quality about him. He still does, even though mm-hmm. he's like the hugest star ever. Um, yeah, he and he's mostly, like almost my. He's like forty. He's in his forties now. Yeah, yeah, but he's I, I gotta say, very, very sort of childish. Like he doesn't have like like Clooney's got like like a classic handsome look going. He's got um, he's got the uh, the Cary Grant kind of right, just sort yeah. of that man's man look. Where DiCaprio doesn't really have that going on. He was just like a cute kid that turned into a cute man. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I, I got to say uh, the the casting of the Spider Man movies is uh, at least the you know the the, the recent ones. Well, I guess the only ones. Uh, the casting has always been really good. I I think um, Tobey Maguire did a great job. Um, was the second one? I can Garfield, the name. Uh, and Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. yeah, he he did fine, and I love the new guy, um, Tom Holland. Tom Holland, thank you. I can never remember. I, I you know I he's my favorite. Um, you know, and and uh, Garfield again, like Clooney, did a great job in the part, but he just got a couple of kind of really lackluster movies. Uh, I got to bring up what Jeffrey Jeffrey Hughes made a comment. Uh, as much as there is a physique and possible standard, there is ageism bias. I never noticed until I was older than 40 how everyone in every type of job on TV is between 25 and 35. 
unless their part requires them to be older. TV doesn't look like the world. True. <laughs> that's what I was. Uh, I that's why I was every every good watchman. Every federal judge I've ever met is a 27 year old hottie. What are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, if the Avengers was made in the nineties, Ant-Man would be played by Matthew Broderick. I think Ant-Man would, in the nineties, Ant-Man, Ant-Man still could have been played by Paul Rudd because Paul Rudd was doing stuff in the nineties. I mean, he was on friends in the nineties, wasn't he? Yeah. Paul Rudd was still doing his thing. Um, I think another actor that might have been a good Ant-Man was uh, Ken Wall. Probably could have done it in the 90s. Um, and it's funny that I keep thinking the 90s. Okay, what did I watch in the 90s? And the only thing I'm coming away with is Friends, which was awful. Um, <laughs> and Seinfeld, I can't, yeah. Yeah, Seinfeld, Friends. I mean, I'm sure there was much more going on in the 90s, but like Rick, for the life of me, I can't think of people. I don't think Matthew Broderick would have been a good fit for any Marvel Ben super. Stiller. Ben Stiller would have made a decent Ant-Man, I think. Yeah. Back yeah, in the 90s. I'm not talking about Ben Stiller now. No, I'm, I'm just saying I don't like Ant-Man and I don't like Ben Stiller, so that works. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Ben uh, Stiller has done two movies that I, two movies that I liked. Um. And I don't know if I would still like it today. I really enjoyed the Royal Tenenbaums for some reason. Mm. Um, I, I, and I couldn't tell you anything about the movie now. I just remember I enjoyed watching it. Uh, unlike the, the Life Aquatic, which aside from, um, Willem Dafoe, I hated everybody in that movie. Um, and, uh, Mystery Men is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I got forced to watch something about Mary, and I think I resent Ben Stiller's existence because I watched that movie for the rest of my life. <laughs> All right. Well, can I give you my pick for Wolverine? Yeah. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis has to In the 90s, Wolverine. yeah. Yeah, I can Danny see that. Danny DeVito. For sure. Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would think uh, Danny DeVito, either Danny DeVito or Joe Pesci would have to play Rocket. In Guardians, in the Guardians, I thought that was Joe Pesci doing the voice of Rocket. For oh, really? <laughs> I read that it was somebody else. Yeah, Joe Pesci's not doing much these days. The, he probably the, doesn't have to. The last thing he did, he did the Irishman. Yeah, he was in the Irishman. Um, let's see, Scarlet Witch would be played by Alicia Silverstone. I, that's probably accurate. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> I can see that. She was doing a lot of oh, stuff Brent- in, in those days. You and mentioned her. Now I think of Brendan Fraser. He's got to be in there somewhere. Yes, Brendan Fraser is in it. Brendan Fraser would play Star-Lord, according to this list. That would be that a would work. lot better than, yeah. I mean, I, Chris Pratt is fine, but yeah, Brendan Fraser would have been a lot of fun. Nine, 90s. I have a thought about both Alicia Silverstone, because Blast from the Past is like one of our favorite movies to watch together. So it's <laughs> I, I, I've seen it a hundred times, and I just think he's so good in that movie. And she's really good in that movie. So. And and again, I know she was another one who got too. got totally hosed by being in Batman and Robin. I you know when I heard that she was cast as Batgirl, I was all for it. I love her. I think she's great. Yeah, but well, I think she's great as an actor. She kind of Batman. Everybody that was in Batman and Robin got hosed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that was that was. And it wasn't the fault of anybody that was in it. It was the fault of the people behind the camera. <laughs> Schwarzenegger kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
think he should own some of the blame on that one. Another choice for Star-Lord, I think, would be... I'm thinking... I'm thinking maybe Matt Damon would have been a decent Star-Lord. Uh, or... I love Matt Damon. Or maybe uh, Christopher... Um, God, Christopher... T. Philippus. Uh, no, the guy that played... Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell probably Didn't he play Robin? Yeah, he played Robin in... Uh, mm. Well, Robin's not... That's not the Avengers. That's, that's DC. Holy rusty metal, Batman. Yeah. Holy rusty metal, Batman. Again, not his fault. No. <laughs> when the director tells you, okay, we're making a cartoon, then mm-hmm. there's a problem. Hold on. My camera's way too close to my face here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Black Widow would be Mila Jovovich. No, I do not like Mila Jovovich. I, I, well, so. I, I love her, um, but no, she's she's too. I think Black Widow would be like Sharon Stone in the nineties. When when was hmm. Xena? Um, was that in the nineties or the two thousand? Yeah, that was yeah. the nineties. Yeah, Lucy I think Lawless Lucy Lawless would be a better Black Widow. Black Widow needs to be. Not some wafy sort of willowy, and and you know I love Mila Jovovich, um, as long as she doesn't you know talk too much. <laughs> um, well, she doesn't talk. Just say it. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean I, you know I saw the first what what's that video game franchise movie that she, Resident movie Evil. Fran- Resident Evil. I saw yeah. the first one, and uh, I mean she was all right in it. And, you know, it, it's well known. I'm not a fan of the fifth element, but not because of her. It's not because I didn't think she did a good job. Um, you know, and it worked her being, you know, that was kind of the, one of the points of the character is that she's, you know, this teeny skinny little, little thing who kicks to, you know, absolute ass. Um, I just, but, you know, I, I think Black Willow, Black Willow, <laughs> Black Widow <laughs> needs to be more of a Wonder Woman kind of, kind of person. I think I think Lucy Lawless would have been a better Black Widow than her. Uh, Black Panther would have been Denzel Washington. That's probably... Yeah, he was, he was the only either, black guy working in the 90s, I think. Right? He was the only yeah. black man in Hollywood, apparently. Either Denzel Washington <laughs> or possibly Cuba Gooding Jr. probably would have been a, a pretty good choice for that part, too. Yeah. Um. They've got Eddie Murphy on here. I don't know if I've already said it, but they got Eddie Murphy on here as Falcon. Uh, if yeah, if you want Falcon to just be making wisecracks all the time, <laughs> which well, I mean, I think Cuba Gooding Jr. would have been a better Falcon, actually. Who? Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, he would have been a better Falcon. Yeah, I think that Black Panther has a certain gravitas. Uh, I don't know these characters at all outside of the MCU, so. When I think of Black Panther, I think of who they have as Black Panther now. And I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but um, he lends a certain gravity to the character, whereas Anthony Mackie can can smirk and mug a little bit and bring a lot of levity to Falcon. And I feel like Cuba Gooding Jr. kind of fits that mold better than, even though he was amazing in, what was that movie with Jack Nicholson where he was... Uh, what was best that Greg Kinnear? Of, I'm no, I'm thinking Greg Kinnear. Sorry. No, they were both in. They were both in it. They were uh, both in it, right? Yeah. yeah okay. the, um, but as good as it gets, it's good as it gets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, he was amazing yeah. in that. He was amazing in Jerry Maguire. But I think more of his Jerry Maguire persona, where he's, you know, again, he's just he's just a little bit broader 
um, I see Falcon as being a broader character than than Black Panther. Yeah. So so Denzel to me is much more uh, Black Panther material. Um, David Duchovny as the Hulk. No, <laughs> I knew he was going to pop up somewhere. Um, the thing about you know who would have been a better Hulk? Matthew Broderick, because Bruce Banner was supposed to be a nerdy scientist, yeah. like a witty little weesh. And the fact that they got like you know Mark Ruffalo playing him is kind of counterintuitive when you think about the transformation aspect. The only thing is, if, you, if they made if if they made these movies in the nineties, Hulk would not be. No, Hulk would be Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, it would be. It would probably be somebody in a suit. It would be Stallone. Yeah. When, when yeah. was the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? <laughs> when did that come out? Uh, oh, let me look it up. Nineties. Uh, Let's see. We, and if anybody says Sean Connery for anything, I'm out. I'm on no, off the show. No, no, I don't think he's on this list. Total bullshit on that. Yeah, I've got no use for him. Of X. Extraordinary Gentleman. That's the comic book series, the film, 2003. Uh, okay. Because I was like, you know, they were they were kind of doing, trying to do CG crap by then. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, but then when they made the Fantastic Four, they went back to, you know, Thing was just chickless in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, at, least, at least in that movie, they gave him pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Thor. Okay, this says Thor would be played by Dolph Lundgren. I, I, that's what I was just going to say. Is Dolph Lundgren? That'd be like the go-to. <laughs> they actually had. Uh, they actually made a movie in the '90s called Hulk meets the Thor. Hulk meets Thor or something like. Hold on, let me Google it. Let me find it. Uh, yeah, Hulk. Hulk and Thor. It was on CBS. It was a TV. It was, movie. It was, an, it was a TV movie with a uh, out of a helicopter. Yeah, no, that was yeah. uh, that was the death of the Incredible Hulk. All right, that was a different movie. That, that was the same um, movie. <laughs> it was called Hulk versus Thor. And let me find out who was. You want to talk about the ultimate Thor from the nineties? Adventures in Babysitting, Vincent D'Onofrio. He was uh, he was in real good shape back then. <laughs> yeah, he was Kingpin, but. You know, if you remember that movie, that was an amazing movie. Elizabeth Shue's got to be in there somewhere. She's got to be in some of this. <laughs> the name of the movie was uh, The Incredible Hulk Returns with Bill Bixby as David Banner, Lou Frigno as the Hulk, and Eric Kramer okay. as Thor. Okay, that's got to be in the 70s, though, or at the very No, no, that, no, that movie was made in, hold on. It's got to be in the 80s. Yeah, I was gonna. Nineteen eighty-eight. It was nineteen eighty-eight. Oh, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah that wasn't even the la- that wasn't even the last Hulk movie. The last Hulk movie was the Death of the Incredible Hulk, and it came out in like eighty-nine or ninety. Mm-hmm. Eric Kramer, if you saw him, you would know him because he he was in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, he played the dad on Good Luck Charlie on the Disney Channel for a, a while. Was he was he Little John in Men in Tights? Mm, yes, I think so. Okay, I know I know who you're talking about now. That says Prince John. Eric, yeah, Little John. That's it. Okay. So he played he played Thor in that movie, but it was a very comical version of Thor. Yeah, 
is a very comical version of Thor. Um, Keanu Reeves as Doctor Strange. I'll buy that. Well, no, because no, Keanu. Now, this well, was before uh, okay. the Matrix. Well, the Matrix came out in ninety eight or ninety nine. All right, no, I'll I'll give you. They would have cast him, and it would have been awful. Yeah, this Ooh, was I'm this sorry. would have been oh, like Reeves? this Keanu. would have been like Keanu Reeves when he made Speed, or or the uh, Constantine. No, that wasn't even, that's even later. I've never been a huge Constantine fan of was Keanu in the 2000s. Reeves, so. Constantine we talking, was way later than that. We were, was it, was it, what should, was it one of our shows? I'm trying to avoid repeating myself because I've been uh, doing that a lot it. lately. Um, I was talking to somebody and it may have been one of you guys that Keanu Reeves is like one of the best people on earth. Oh, we were, no, it was my friends when we were playing City of Heroes. That's what it was. I really feel badly because Keanu Reeves, from all reports, is one of the best humans ever to have walked the earth that didn't get nailed to a piece of wood. <laughs> but I can't stand most of his acting. <laughs> well, that's, you know, it's like, it doesn't mean that you don't have to like him. Um, he's made a lot of movies that I do like. And he's made a lot I of movies it. that were not as good. I mean, I watched Speed not too long ago, and I still really like that movie. The first one. The second well, one I'm, can... All right, well, if we're going to go that route, then Scarlet Witch. Who did they have down there, Scarlet Witch? Uh, Alicia Silverstone. Mm, Sandra Bullock could have done it, too. Yeah. Sandra Bullock, I saw on one of these lists. And where is Will Smith in all of this? He's got to be in there somewhere. <laughs> Will Smith was was still on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> no, maybe he, he could have been Independence Day. He was in Independence Day in 93. We could add Miles Morales to this. Or 96. And bring in Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. No, Miles Morales, no, he was older than that. <laughs> that would have been Alfonso Rivera. That would have been Carlton. <laughs> have you guys seen, did you guys see the new trailer for uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music that came out this week? Yeah, I was I was very underwhelmed by it. I really yeah. wanted to I didn't think it was very funny at all. At least we yeah. kind of got an idea of what the plot's going to be. Uh, I want to, I want to love this movie, and and right now I'm not. I, I you know, to, to I, I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the thing is, the thing is, okay, Keanu as Ted when he was. Yeah, <laughs> he looks when, very, when he was Jeff you know, says he looks very creepy, clean shaven. <laughs> Keanu was perfect for Ted when he was what were they eighteen, nineteen, twenty, whatever. Mm-hmm. Probably older than I thought they, than they were playing, but still. And and the, the the guy that plays Bill, I can't remember his name. Alex Winter. When someone hasn't worked in twenty years, there's usually a reason for it. Now he's he's been working. He just hasn't been working in front of the camera. <laughs> he's been doing some other stuff. It's like, like when 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 Kevin Smith, you know, over there on my DVD shelf, I have Clerks too. I have watched it once. Oh, I just came up with my own casting. Go ahead. Uh, and uh-huh. there are aspects of it that I really like, but the re, you know, and then there are things like the dude that plays Randall. There's a reason he never got out. You know, he never did anything other than one of a, a Kevin Smith movie because he's terrible. And Kevin Smith is talking about doing Clerks 3 and it's been held up because the guy that played Randall didn't want to do it. And I'm like, then get someone else or just, you know. And and again, I, and I will freely admit that because of my job, because of my career, 
I have a very low tolerant tolerance tolerance for bad acting. Um, and in a, you know an indie flick like Clerks, bad acting is expected. You know, and and and, and it, you know you can just kind of look at the writing and go, wow, this this guy has potential. Um, but once you get into a you know a big budget major thing, and I know that when Keanu is in the right role, he's amazing. I loved him in The Matrix. I loved him in the John Wick movies. I haven't seen John Wick three yet, but I want to. Um, I loved him in the first in you know Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I'm a little little lukewarm on. Well, yeah, that was a money grab. Yeah, um, you know it's like the the second Wayne's World movie. It, it, if it's not natural, if it doesn't form on its own, it just becomes a rehash of the jokes from the first one. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and I just, I, I know I'll see it, whether I see it in the movies or, or at home has yet to be determined, but that trailer for, for the new Bill and Ted movie did not leave me feeling particularly enthused. Yeah. Did, did, did we land on a Captain America yet? Yeah, that was Brad Pitt was the first one that they. <laughs> no, I, I, I got I no nineties better. Scott Bakula from the night. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Much better than Brad. He didn't Pitt. make a. He wasn't making a lot of movies back then, though. Um, um necessary. Glenn Campbell. Too. Yeah, I mean, he did. Uh, <laughs> Campbell, <laughs> the Arizona lineman, Glenn Campbell. Yeah, he did uh, <laughs> necessary roughness, and he did uh, major league. Back to the Miners, I believe. If what only Allison the, were here, she could give us his filmography. And, what was and the total. one where he played a magician? Um, um, that was uh, something Knights. Uh, it was a Clive Barker uh, yeah, property. Yeah, let me look that up. And then that one that he had was in with Bruce Willis, it was just like a TNA movie. <laughs> uh, oh, that was Color of Night. Yeah, Color of Night, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see, Scott Bakula. You're thinking Lord of Illusions. Yeah, Lord of Illusions. That's I knew it. it would come to me. Yeah. yeah. I went and saw it in the theater because he was in it because I was a big Quantum Leap fan. Oh, that's cool. There you go. Uh, so let, let me ask you a question as long as, long as we're on a, a Bacula interlude because this is another thing I feel guilty a about. A It just seems to have eaten my life. <laughs> I, we just released a new show uh, talking about his first TV feature. So I've been – got on the brain. Anyway. Have, have you seen – Enterprise. Uh, almost all of it, yeah. Okay. One of my great regrets and, again, guilty feelings, because, you know, I'm a recovering Catholic. Guilt is what we do. Um, <laughs> I didn't think he was very good as Captain Archer. Um, it's funny because um, Allison, who's the biggest Scott Bakula fan, says that Archer is the worst captain in all of Star Trek. She could not stand the character. Yeah. Um I didn't mind him as Archer. Archer didn't play to Scott's strengths, though. Scott's yeah. strengths are being earnest and sincere and sometimes goofy. And Archer had to be much more hard-ass and sort of focused. He was very intense. Yeah. And Scott can pull that off to varying degrees. I always said this is funny because I I, I even say it on what we just released, but one of my – common refrains on the show is that Scott can't play mad because he's just too nice. So he always comes across as silly when he's playing mad. I got to tell you, I watched Lee Harvey Oswald last night because I interviewed the woman who plays uh, Marina Oswald in the episode. I interviewed her this morning. So I watched the episode last night and 
you uh, Scott has never given a better performance. That's Maybe one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, and I've never liked that episode. So I watched it last night almost reluctantly, and um, I couldn't believe how just it, it gripped me immediately. And it sort of made me thinking of the performance that he gave in Lee Harvey Oswald in the 90s that made me think that he could have pulled off Captain America, too, because Cap has a certain gravitas. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's sort of the he, – his everything rests on his shoulders in the MCU as far as I'm concerned. I mean, yeah. he's central. Forget he, Tony. I mean, Cap is Cap. is Cap. He's like Superman of that universe. So – but anyway um, – So having seen him in Lee Harvey Oswald gave me a better appreciation for the range that he can that he can play. But I don't think it came across as Archer. Yeah, he uh, Archer is a character that's going that when we're seeing him on Enterprise, he's going to be like a legend of history. And I don't really think that they wrote the character that way. Well, that, but what, what you said about he doesn't play Madwell, that was always my problem. When he was just being folksy, calm Captain Archer, it was fine. It was when he tried to be angry or intimidating and it was just like, this is not working. Yeah. Well, it was, it was especially at its worst. Like the Nade Deer was the Inamir Darkly episodes. As much as I absolutely love seeing the Constitution class and them in all the TOS uniforms and stuff. Yeah, his mirror universe Archer is it's it's a chore to watch, mm-hmm. you know. But listen, Scott, he can do no wrong. Stop it, Scott. <laughs> I, you know, and, dare and you? <laughs> it, it's like it's like with with Keanu. I feel I, I feel or or uh, um um Captain Jack Harkness. Uh, uh, oh, John Barrowman. Barrowman John, yeah. John Barrowman. I hear he's you know just the the most wonderful sweetest guy, and he's great on stage. I just can't stand him in any TV role I've seen him. I loved Captain Jack. You, you, you're going to get an argument. I'll, I'll die on this hill, brother. Oh, my God. I watched Doctor Who for the first time in six years because I heard Jack was back. And he was in it for about three seconds. And yeah, was that, was a, like, that was fun. That was fun. So. Um, so we've got Nick Fury as played by Keith David. Who? Keith David is another one of those faces that if you if you saw him, you would know him. He was in... Uh, he was in... Platoon, he was in the thing. He was in Crash, Barbershop. Uh, oh, him. Yeah, he's 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 been in the Flash. Are we casting Nick? Are we casting Fury? I don't think Black Fury would have been cast Black in, in the nineties. Yeah, I don't know if they would have. Yeah, I don't. That was I David think, Hasselhoff. I think you're probably right. Fury. I think you're probably right. <laughs> well, that when did that movie come out? Let's see. Uh, oh God. Because I've seen a lot of people like putting we'll together that was like eighty six, eighty seven. I've seen people putting together like photoshopping together like posters of the Avengers if they were played by the first person that played that character, and it's got like John Wesley Ship. No, wait a minute, he was in he, that's DC, but it's got like David Hasselhoff as the Flash, and then it's got that guy that was in that really bad Captain America movie that came out in the late eighties as Captain America, where he wore uh, a motorcycle helmet. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Let's see, Dave David Hasselhoff. There was a great poster that was Linda Carter's Wonder Woman, Adam West Batman, um, Christopher Reeve Superman, and what was the fourth one? There was no Aquaman. Um, Damn it! I'm, I'm sure it wasn't Martian Manhunter. No, it had to be the Flash. If you're going to go, with yeah, it was it was the Flash that but people it was recognize the Flash from the from the 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 the, the, the TV series. John Wesley Ship or yeah. Yeah, the nineties uh, and and yeah, 
and it, and it was, you know, uh, Justice League. Whoa, Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came out in 1998. I didn't realize it with was Hasselhoff? that late. Yeah, with Hasselhoff. Wow. I didn't realize it was that late. I thought, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking like 89, something like that. No, it was 1998. Yeah. <laughs> well, then Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah, Hasselhoff probably would have, <laughs> he, he already was playing the character. Uh, Gary Oldman as Loki. Mm, I can see that. He went yeah. a little nuts. I mean, he can play anything. I, James yeah. Spader. I think James Spader probably would have played a pretty good Loki. Uh, mm. but that was before he was doing like, um, what's the law show he did with Shatner? Uh, Boston law. Legal. That was oh, before Boston that. Legal. Yeah. So I think he was still Spader in. Spader was like in everything for a couple of years. Yeah. Spader was, I guess in the nineties, he still would have been known for sex lies and videotape. More than anything else, I guess. He was in weird stuff. A lot of weird yeah. stuff. They got Ron Perlman as Thanos. See, I keep thinking of like 80s people. So I'm, I don't know. You know what? I think Ron Perlman would have made a better Hulk. Hulk? But he would have yeah, made a good be, banner. But not banner. banner. Yeah. yeah. But, but in, in the 90s, they would have had to have two people. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, probably. Ron Perlman would have been a good beast. Or they would, <laughs> or they would have done that thing where they, uh, they just have, Somebody else's muscular body, and they like video video effects their face back <laughs> on, onto their they, body. They didn't have that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so as far as the Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I said they got Brendan Fraser down here, Star Lord. Um, they got Halle Berry as Gamora. There was somebody else that I thought would be a better Gamora, yeah. but I can't remember right. now. Uh, but Halle Berry, yeah. She could do I, it. I'm, they got Demi Moore as Nebula. No, you don't think so. That would, you know, Nebula would. That would be where you put Mila Jovovich. Yeah, that would work. That and Gamora could have no, been as, as Nicole Nebula. Kidman. Oh, oh yeah. I yeah, mean, I, just, I could see Nicole Kidman. Gamora. Yeah, in that. Yeah, in that time. Yeah. yeah, Halle Berry wasn't really. When when did she really kind of break out? Let's see. Um, it was. It was in that that movie with Hugh Jackman where she showed her boobs. Um, no, Swordfish, George Travolta. That was that was sort of no, her breakout no, role. That I, and then she was Monsters Ball was when she got the Emmy. Let's look at her film. But it shows you where my head is. I just remember it because she showed her boobs, and I was like, "Wow, she's gorgeous." And ninety one, she was in Jungle Fever. Uh, she was in a lot of stuff through through the nineties. I was trying to see what what I consider her I first Jungle Fever. Which may shock a lot of people. Uh, the shock first me. movie I that I saw that she was in. I mean, she did X-Men in 2000. Swordfish came out the that, year after that. Swordfish and Monsters Ball came out the same year, 2001. And then she was in Sword. Die Another Day in 2002. I think between X-Men and Die Another Day, that's okay. probably where she really took off. And then she did Catwoman in 2004. And that, <laughs> that almost tanked her. <laughs> It did come under. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I think. I think X Men is where she came to. Became showed up on my radar. So, I mean, yeah, she, can I answer something that Jeffrey is writing here? Yeah, Sean, I wasn't even paying attention. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Um, he when I went to college for broadcasting, in one of the classes, we compared and contrasted the film JFK and that Quantum Leap episode. 
and he's watched them both. So he's talking about Lee Harvey Oswald. I just wanted to not to hijack your podcast with my podcast, Sean, but we are coming up to the Lee Harvey Oswald episode soon. And um, Jeffrey, if you're really interested in that, I was also on a show when I first started podcasting called 112263, where we did an episode crossover with Quantum Leap Podcast um, before I was the host of the Quantum Leap Podcast. So in the coming weeks, you might want to subscribe to our show because um, we are going to re-air um, an episode that Skip and I did about JFK was called Cracking the Conspiracy, in which we just totally took that JFK pile of crap movie to task for all of the lies that Oliver Stone packed into it. And um, if you want to, you can also find the uh, the crossover that we did with the Quantum Leap podcast um, on that feed as well. But we'll be replaying that. I, I think we're going to re-release the eleven twenty two sixty three episode, Cracking the Conspiracy, on the Quantum Leap podcast feed just to give people a little bit of a primer about what was going on at the time with the JFK movie and some of the stuff that Belisario was trying to refute uh, when he wrote his own episode of Quantum Leap to uh, to sort of as a counterpoint to that movie. So anyway, quantumleappodcast.com. Is the... Lee Harvey Oswald episode available on NBC streaming. Yeah, um, I watch all of my Quantum Leap on the NBC app. Okay, you have okay. to watch it with commercials, but yeah. you know it, it's there. It's the only place you can still stream Quantum Leap. Because when, when Quantum Leap was on Netflix, that that episode wasn't on there, and I think it has something yeah. to do with music. Um, uh, they only had Sylvia and. Uh, the only song I can think of that they had was Baby <laughs> Sylvia and Mickey. That's what it's called. Um, but because, again, I just watched it last night. Um, I'd be surprised if it had to do with music. I I honestly wouldn't know why they wouldn't. It was a season five opener. Because I, it was one. I remember it, it's one of my had. favorite episodes. And when I several years ago, it may have been when I was listening to eleven twenty two sixty three. I wanted to rewatch it and it wasn't on Netflix. So I ended up finding other means of acquiring it. <laughs> you ended up buying the DVD box set because you don't pirate anything. That's right. You're a good man. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody can contradict that. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Drax. Yeah. That, that's sure. probably who they would have picked at the time, yeah. Yeah, you think about it. I tell you one boy. thing, this movie would have been very expensive just because of who they put in it. And uh, Winona Ryder as Mantis. Um, I'll take Winona Ryder as anything. I don't know. Especially 90s Winona Ryder. Yeah. Oh, I loved her. So <laughs> I can't much, yeah. say. My, friend's, my friend had a, a, another name for her <laughs> in the 90s. <laughs> just he, he put an eyed in the middle of her first and her. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing Quantum Leap on Netflix at all. No, it's no, not it's, on Netflix no. anymore. Yeah, it's, it's oh. only on the NBC app, and you can oh, right. buy it. You can buy it on Amazon. Like you can rent. You can rent the episodes for a buck ninety nine or something. Um. So. Oh, and going back to, they've got this in. They get this in like. Where's my camera? They got this in lines, like the main people in <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. I uh, skipped over Hawkeye as played by Christian Slater. I yeah, hate I Christian that. Slater. Oh, God, help us. No. I mean, Christian Slater is just, he's just like a young Jack Nicholson. 
I, mean, see, I, I like I like Christian Slater because in two different movies he had one he had my favorite line in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, which is ninety nine percent of a great movie, except for fucking Costner. Um, <laughs> the one of my favorite lines from that movie is Christian Slater going pardon and sorry Sean to drop two f bombs in a row, but his line "fuck me" he cleared it, it was brilliant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then and then in in Star Trek three, when uh, he because his mother was costume that was Star that was Star Trek six was it it was six okay wait mm-hmm. he was in the doorway waking Sulu up. Oh, he's with, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. And his mother was the yeah. casting director. Casting director, casting that's right. And so, yeah. you know, he got one of the greatest walk-on parts in any Star Trek film. And they tried to, if you watch that, they try to keep him in the shadow. Yeah, they It's do. almost like yeah. they don't want you to know that's Christian Slater, but, you know, that's Christian Slater. You know, Why does like, he have a like, bigger part? <laughs> it's like Brad Pitt in uh, in Deadpool 2, where he's playing the invisible guy. Yeah. Yeah, or Daniel Craig as a stormtrooper in uh, The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Alan Tudyk as the voice of Hey Hey in Moana. I think everybody, I think all the stormtroopers in that in that that last trilogy was they were all famous people. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to have the bragging rights. Um John Stamus as the Winter Soldier? No. No, he's too old. Can you imagine Brad Pitt as Captain America and John Stamos as the Winter Soldier? I could imagine Brad Pitt as the Winter Soldier as Bucky. A lot more than I can yeah. imagine him as Captain America. Yeah. Um, Ethan Hawke as Vision. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Mm, Ethan Hawke was good. Um, I think that's everybody. I'm surprised Johnny Depp didn't get in there somewhere. I saw Johnny Depp on another movie. list. Like there, there's been there's several. I'm not of these saying lists. he deserves to be there, but um, at least in the '90s he was still acting instead of you know what he's doing today. Whatever. Well, that Tim Burton be. wouldn't be directing the film, so definitely. Yeah, yeah, and Johnny Depp <laughs> for a long time. I guess it's still that way. He he does not play a normal person. He always now Helena play. Bonham Carter would make a great Scarlet Witch. Yeah, mm, in, yeah. in the '90s. Before she lost her mind, she was awesome. Before she lost her mind. Or, or before we realized she was fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen her in Hamlet? No. I know that, you know, I, I, I used it for years, and I don't anymore because Mel Gibson is such a bastard. But uh, her Ophelia in Mel Gibson's Hamlet is incredible. Now, I have seen Mel Gibson's Hamlet. I just don't remember. I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Because I was in high school. I, 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 I used in it school. in my classes for a long time because I, you know, it's it's one of the most accessible versions of Hamlet. Hamlet's my favorite Shakespeare play. Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, my favorite of his tragedies, Midsummer Night's Dream, is my favorite of the of the comedies. Um, but you know. All of Shakespeare's shows, if you do the whole thing, they're four and a half, five hours long. And, you know, so anytime you see a a Shakespeare show, it's going to be edited severely. And I think of the movie edits out there that I've seen, Mel Gibson's Hamlet is hands down one of the best. Um, You know, a few years later, uh, Kenneth Branagh did... His version of Hamlet, mm-hmm. and he did the whole damn show. 
and it was a four hour movie. I sat through the whole thing and it was awful. Um, the, you know, there were uh, amazing performances all around. Robin Williams was in it. And it was very, very clear that Branna had made, because he directed it too. Uh, and it was very clear that Branna's, maybe he was, maybe it was spoken, maybe it was just uh, uh, implied, but nobody was to be better than him. <laughs> uh, because have you ever seen Robin Williams restrained or understated? No. I mean, I wish. Yeah, in Dead Public um, Society. But it's rare. And if anyone can go nuts with Shakespeare, it's Robin Williams. And it literally looked like his hands were tied around his waist when he was on screen. Um, and and I just, I, well, again, I could go on and on. And well, did you ever see the the version of Hamlet that had Ethan Hawke in it? I tried. Oh, my Where God. It was You're like talking about that modern one? Modern New York, yeah. Oh, man. No, no, that was <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. No, no, no. They did a oh, Hamlet too. No, the, 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 oh. the Romeo and Juliet was, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio, yeah. I tried yeah, to watch right. that. I just couldn't. Yep. I, you know, I. <laughs> they did Hamlet too. Who directed it? Let's see who directed it. I, I Nobody hate... I know. Michael Almareda. Al- like, I tried to watch Joss Whedon's, uh, All's Well, All's Well, or, um, was it All's Well? No, it's not, wasn't All, um, Midsummer Night's well, Dream. No. It was Midsummer Night. No, it was so. Whedon directed in As in, You Like It. Like, was it As You Like It? I don't know. It was black and white, though. Yeah. Like I, I, in LA in the 50s or something. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, uh, yeah. Coulson was in it and and um, Jules Stein. I haven't seen it. it. I just remember that it came out. It And, and I just I, – I hate that show so much. I really have a problem with Shakespeare set in different time periods. Um, I know people do it all the time. I've worked on a show. I, you know, hell, I did it a post-apocalyptic Macbeth <laughs> years ago. Um, well, you know what they do that to keep it fresh, to keep it relevant. The I Met, know. And the three stages I, shows every six or seven years. And, you know, Rigoletto's now set in Vegas in the 60s. Yeah. You know, and it's still Rigoletto, think, it's still the same music. It's just a different backdrop. Yeah, know? they did a, a Midsummer Night's Dream. They did a version where it took place in modern L.A., now yeah, there was a so Midsummer Night's Dream starring Callista Flockhart and and, and uh, Stanley Tucci was awesome as Puck mm-hmm. and it was set in like the eighteen hundreds and that was fine. Um, and William I went Hurt and saw a stage Oberon. version of uh, I went and saw a stage version of The Tempest that took place in the eighteen hundreds and ba- mm-hmm. it was a basically the same play. The only thing that was different was the costumes. So and it was it was I, good. I, you know, when I, <laughs> I went to visit a friend of mine, she, she'd married a, a, an English guy and moved over there. Uh, and I went to visit them, uh, when I was, when I was in the Air Force. And they were working, they, they were, uh, working with their local Amdram, the amateur drama, 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 <laughs> amateur drama group in, in their town. Um, and they were doing HMS Pinafore in like the year 23,000. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> silly. <laughs> Sandra Bullock as the wasp. I could see that too. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see. But if you know what? I'm, I'm trying to see if it's because maybe I, she has a similar quality to Evangeline Lilly. This list so says, this I'm thinking list like, has they Brad just Pitt for- as Thor. 
on on this well, list. He was a he was a blonde pretty boy, so that yeah. could work. I I buy him more as Thor than Captain America. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now I can't see anybody else but Scott in the role. Um, who's different on this list? It, this has Mel Gibson as Thanos. <laughs> Uh, I, in the nineties, we had to be know. in there somewhere. Where's Jodie Foster? She's got to be in there somewhere too. Um, this one you have to scroll through. It doesn't have this the grid like. Oh, this one has um, Jared Leto as Spider Man. Oh, that, that's or Michael it. J. Out. Fox. It also says Michael J. Fox as Spider Man. He was already too old. Yeah. 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 Okay. There's Johnny. Johnny Depp as Hawkeye is what it's got. Mm. But like I said, Johnny Depp. Never plays. Like, I have to step away for just people. a second. My, we we have a one of those water fountains for the animals. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's low, and so it's making all kinds of noise. I got to go put some water in it. I'll be right back. Okay, <laughs> game animals. Um, but that's pretty much all I had. Have you have you been watching anything lately? Um, I on Rick's suggestion watched most. Uh, well, I did watch the whole first season and um through half of the second season of Altered Carbon. I don't know if I discussed that on on the show. I don't think so. And I I loved the first season was amazing and um the picking it up with Anthony Mackie as the main character in the second season I've been enjoying that as well. I just I was I was sort of mainlining it for a little bit and then I um I just dropped off somewhere in the middle of the season. I got to go and pick it back up. I haven't watched any of the second season yet. Yeah. So and what's that? Altered Carbon. Um, Altered Carbon. I was just saying oh, you, based season. on your recommendation. Yeah. It's it's not as good as the first season, but it's still fun. It's yeah. fun, yeah. And yeah. I think Anthony Mackie's good, and they have the yeah. guy that plays Poe is still in it, so so that's good. You have at least that continuity. You know, I've I been just, having you know, a hard time lately just digging into anything that I know is going to be more than a couple episodes or a movie or something like that. I don't know what it is. It's just I've just got so much to do lately. I find myself going back and watching things I've already seen. Like I've I've probably watched. Just in the last month, I'm on season eight of The Office. Just, <laughs> just watching episode after episode. Cause, cause yeah. I'm, and I don't know if, I know that it, they say that, um, people with anxiety do that a lot. They watch things that they've already seen a thousand times because you're not really having to invest anything in it. You know, so. Or, that, I don't that, that you just enjoy it. I mean, Laura makes oh, I love that watch Frasier as much as she possibly can. So, I mean, yeah. Frasier's still on in this house. Like more often than not, you know, if you put on the TV in my house, there's going to be some episode of Frasier, especially now that we got CBS All Access, and you know we just stream it, and so it just keeps playing and playing and playing. Yeah, but, we watched um, all of Frasier last year. We watched almost all of uh, Cheers. I think we started at season four because I'm not a real big fan of the Diane years of Cheers. No, but, I uh, love Shelley Long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but after that, from then on. Are the episodes that I'm the I, I love the most? So I watched all of those episodes of Cheers, and then we picked up and we watched the, the entire ser- series of uh, Frasier last year. So, see, I've been having trouble with trying to watch shows and just not getting just not getting hooked. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched we watched the first couple of episodes of uh, Avenue Five. And it was fine, and we didn't. Not plant, you know, we don't, we're like, oh, this is terrible. We'll never watch it again. We just haven't gone back. Mm-hmm. Um, right. uh, we watched the first episode of Space Force. And, you know, I've, I've said this on Facebook. I think I saw it's the first like, 
three. Yeah, and, and you know, it. we we watched the first one, and it was like, all right. And I again, still it wasn't. It, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, not not watching anymore was not a conscious decision. It just was like it didn't cross our minds to watch any more of it. Um, now, something we did try to watch. A lot of people. Okay, I'm I'm not a big horror fan. You know, mm-hmm. that is that is a well-known fact. Um, but I am a huge Lovecraft fan. I've read most of Lovecraft. You want know, to talk about an author who was a problematic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lovecraft himself was a real piece of shit. Um, and not even giving him credit for the time. He was a racist, misogynistic asshole. Um, but I love his stories. And, I, I you know, there's something about his work that just I, I really enjoy it. And there's a, a new movie uh, based on The Color Out of Space, which stars Nicolas Cage, which, you know, red flag right there. But um, a lot of people said it was really good, especially Emma and Boz. Um, and you guys, I don't, I don't know if you guys know Emma, but I know you all know Boz. Yeah. Um, Chris, you probably have talked to Boz at some point. Um, yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. Friend, friend from from from, and I I know them both from listening to the Starbase. So. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Now, <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, Boz gives me shit about about you know he's he's the host of the little pot of one of the hosts of the little pot of horrors, and so we have a, a running thing on their show when they're doing their show <laughs> uh, that they give me horror movies to watch, and then I you know I watch them and then and then we talk about it. Uh, trying to get me to appreciate horror as a genre. Uh, and I've, you know, I've really enjoyed some of the stuff they've had me watch, like, uh, The Woman in Black, uh, I really liked, and De- Descent was amazing. Um, and then there's been other stuff that was, you know, absolute garbage, like, <laughs> uh, Suspiria and, uh, uh, Shark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I kind of I set out there. There are some things that I just won't watch. I won't watch slasher movies, and I won't watch movies where children are endangered. Um, you know I, I, that didn't bother me before I became a parent. Now I cannot cope with it. Uh, and I guess Boz forgot that because, like, I know he won't watch a movie where a dog dies, and so I know that, and I won't recommend a movie where a dog gets killed. Um, you know, there's a website called Does the Dog Die? Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> um, so they, both Emma and Boz were like, oh yeah, The Color Out of Space, it's really good, you should watch it. And my wife used to like horror. Uh, you know, she talks about that she likes, she, yeah, she's not in the room. <laughs> that she grew up watching Freddy Krueger and stuff. And so every time we've tried to, you know, there'd been a, the, like a horror movie that I was like, oh, let's see this, like, uh, oh, what was that? Room, uh, three seventeen or something like that. That uh, where the one with John John Cusack was it Cusack? No, right. yeah, Which that's one a is... Stephen King. Movie. Yeah, John, so it's based on the Stephen King story. Spends a spends a night in the, hotel, hotel he's in the hotel room. room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went and saw that. Uh, yeah. We saw mm-hmm. Crimson Peak together. Uh, I really liked that one. It was you know it wasn't great, but it was really wonderfully atmospheric, and I love Tom Hiddleston. Um, but uh, so everyone's like, watch, watch the color out of space. And I've, I've read the story many times and I knew that, you know, this, this, if you know the, the, the Lovecraft story, 
you don't meet the family that's affected until after almost everything is done. And I knew it could, it had the potential to be pretty grim. A lot of times when, when Lovecraft stories are adapted, they get a lot more on screen in your face than they were in the original material. Because Lovecraft was a, you know, not always, but a lot of times it was off screen stuff, you know, and then you saw the results of it or, or he hinted it would happen. Um, but one, you know, one thing I don't do is kids being in danger. And I guess both Emma and Boz forgot about this. And my wife and I sat down to watch it. And, uh, you know, this, I, I don't, if this is a spoiler, I'm sorry, folks, we didn't finish the movie. We couldn't because there's a point in the movie. There, there's an eight year old kid in it and I have an eight year old daughter. And at one point, the mother and the eight year old kid get fused together. Now, body horror I, is something that I'm iffy about, and I know it's a, you know, it's a, it's a standard thing. And if they had just, if that had just sort of happened and they died right there, I would have been fine with it. But it, it then it, they just linger and it's, it's like, I just couldn't cope with it. So, uh, we ended up turning it off after like, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes, 50 minutes, something like that. Yeah. That reminds me of, a. um, Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep was a lot more gruesome with children than I thought that they that it was going to be. Which yeah. I mean, it, they didn't do anything well, I mean, that wasn't book, in the book. The book didn't pull any punches. Yeah, exactly. They didn't the do anything was, that wasn't in the yeah. book. But the you know, I'm used to Stephen King being adapted for television <laughs> more than more I guess. Than, yeah, yeah, because they, they did a lot of miniseries and stuff in the '90s and stuff. And mm. uh, but now everything's in the I mean, theaters. Look at it. Yeah, and it, like, it's, yeah, they wanted there. to get they want to get in your face with it. So, now talk about not going back. I mean, um, I never went to see, or I haven't yet watched the second, you know, it chapter two or whatever they're calling it. As much as I like the adaptation, uh, the first part to me, the best part of the book was always the kid part. So they did all of that in the first movie, and now they're you know the Losers Club is all grown up and back in Derry. And I'm thinking, well, the, the kids are in the movie. No the kids are in it too. There's a I lot of flashbacks. No desire yeah. to, to see the adult versions, and especially since Beverly was completely miscast. So yeah, they do a lot of flashbacks. So the kids are in it a pretty good bit. So I liked okay. the second part. It was I thought it was pretty good. I, it, a lot of people didn't like it, but yeah, I tried to I read it. it. I tried to read it. I tried to read the stand. I tried to read Christine. I just, you know, and, and it was, I was trying to read the stand. The stand is not a good, it, no, it was, it was, it was it. Everybody loves that book, but it's, it's the worst book. It is an awful book. I, I, I tried to read it you. and I would read a whole chat. I would read a chapter of it and then go read another book. And again, this was not a conscious decision. It was just the, you know, and I've got to give Stephen King credit. He knows what scares people, but. Mm-hmm. His it was just so goddamn unpleasant. I'm a, I would read a chapter and then go read another book and then read another and then it was I, I was like maybe three or four chapters into it when I realized I don't have to like Stephen King. Yeah, <laughs> and I, put Steve, I, I like Stephen away. King, but Stephen King, uh, the stuff that I really like from Stephen King is not his horror stuff. I like his other stuff really. I mean, like eleven twenty two sixty three. I love that book, and it's not a horror story. And it's a time travel story and it's got a lot of history in it and stuff. Uh, 
I don't really consider the Dark Tower series to be horror. It's more fantasy, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I and I love those books, the whole series. You know, it's it's like his, it's like his Lord of the Rings. You know, yeah, it's an epic yeah, fantasy and story. And that's I had that 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 with Rick. I everybody said read the Dark Tower, read the Dark Tower. I got, I think I got done with the fourth book. It was either the third or the fourth book, and I just punched out. And I said, "Yeah." Jeff says he enjoyed the first Dark Tower. See, the first Dark Tower book is this. I consider that to be the worst one because <laughs> that's the no, one that I, you're just getting introduced to the yeah. to the character and everything. But now I love Stephen King, the man, and yeah. I really enjoy when he goes on screen. Creep Show is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Verola. <laughs> we did we did a whole uh, uh Castle Rock about Creep Show and Creep Show too. And uh Creep Show is a lot of fun. Creep Show too, not so much. Creep Show is the best. I mean it just is. Before we clock out, uh I wanna remind everybody because we're I'm not planning anything for next weekend. Uh, I've got some stuff going on next weekend. I'm not going to have time to record. So the next time that I talk to you guys on Mike will be at, at HomeCon. And I want to make sure that everyone knows <laughs> where to find it. Go to Facebook, look for at HomeCon. And I recently found out that there is a, there is another online convention that's called at HomeCon. I thought I did my research. I did not see that when I named it. They sent me a message. You might want to change the name of your convention. I was like, well, you know what? If we do it next year, I'll call it something else. <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> so, um, did, so, did they set theirs up first? Uh, I believe so. But I yeah. looked, I looked, I looked it up when I did and I, nothing came up. So, you know, whatever. I'm not making money off of it. Um, but go to Facebook, look for at HomeCon, or you can go to my Facebook page, or you can go to the Cosmic Potato Network page, and there's links for it there. Just go and join that group, and then when we start doing streams on June the 25th through the 28th, they'll all be on that group page. And we're going to do streams starting Thursday night, and then all day Friday, all day Saturday, and then a couple of streams on Sunday. And we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. And if you have any suggestions for discussions that you would like to hear that you have not heard us uh, talk about yet, let me know and maybe I'll schedule a, uh, a panel uh, if I can find some people that want to talk about those things. But we're going to have panels about Quantum Leap. We're going to have panels about Stephen King. We're going to have panels about Marvel stuff, Star Wars stuff, Star Trek stuff, you know, everything. So... Come and join yeah, I'm, us. I'm not going to be getting a lot of sleep that weekend. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have a good time. We're even going to, on Saturday night, we're going to, uh, Joe is going to join us. Gary, uh, Gary's going to join us. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to do like a Mystery Science 3000 kind of thing where we're going to watch Surf, Surf Nazis Must Die and gotcha. just make fun of it. But I don't know. I don't know yet exactly how we're going to do it. I think we're probably going to be streaming separately from also doing a watch party of the movie on Facebook at the same time, because I tried to do the share screen thing on this and it's very kind of herky jerky and, you know, not, not very, uh, streamlined. So when you're trying to watch video, it's, it's, it's great for showing like, uh, pictures and stuff like that. But when you're trying to watch video, 
it's it's not all that great. So we're going to, but we'll figure something out. Well, you'll be able to watch the movie. What's that? There's going to be a live starbase. There is going to be a live starbase. Uh, and you're going to be talking about Gene Roddenberry's vision, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big, the, the, the Godwin's law of Star Trek. Gene's vision. Uh, we're going to, we're going to do a live episode of, uh, Star Trek All Access where we're going to bring the guys from the Star Trek Universe podcast. They're going to join us and also Mark Adam Miller. Uh, Mark Adam, and you've, you've talked to, David C. Robertson is one of them and you've talked to him before. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark Adam Miller who I usually do panels with at conventions is going to be there and we're going to talk about Picard and, uh, you know, probably some other stuff, but the topic of the panel will be Picard. Damn it, Chris. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) All right. Chris, let everybody know where they can find you. You can find me at, uh, www.quantumleappodcast.com. There you can uh, subscribe to our podcast or just search for it in your podcatcher. Um, like I said, a lot of great stuff coming up. We've been doing a lot of interviews and, um, we're into some really classic quantum leap episodes, uh, at this point. So everybody sign up, have a listen. And, uh, if you want support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash quantum leap podcast. All right, Rick. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, go to starbasecommand.net where you can find all of my shows. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of new content coming out of, uh, out of the infinite diversity world of late. We've all been kind of in a fetal position under our desks. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, we're finally kind of coming back. Uh, there will be the first two episodes of Trek No Babble. <laughs> I don't remember what the show was called. Uh, we'll be coming out in the next week and uh where we talk about uh my my co-host Ellie and I talk about uh the the techno uh, side of Star Trek. So I've been kind of talking this show up a bit uh for a few weeks and now it's finally going to happen. Uh we've recorded them, we're just finally going to get them out. So uh you know yeah. Uh, I'm done. It's it's been it's been a rough few weeks, folks. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure you I know. Hear you. Uh, <laughs> so where it, can you know, they find the Trek No Battle show? It, it will be yeah. on on StarbaseCommand.net. Um, but uh, uh, you know, it's 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 a very hard time to be a podcaster right now if you're not if your Ballywick Ballywick is strictly entertainment. It's a it's a very difficult time to know whether what you do is appropriate or not. And I've been wrestling with that. And I think the time is finally coming where giving folks something else to think about is okay. Um, Rick, I'm going to, yeah, just give you my advice on this. Please. It's funny because we were talking about, you know, delaying release of our latest episode in deference to everything that was going on. And the more I thought about it, the more hollow of a gesture it seemed in what way is my putting out a show or not putting out a show going to substantially change anything. And I understand it's about solidarity or whatever, but at the same time, I just remembered back um, here in New York right after nine 11, when everything like the whole, the whole world was upside down. And I didn't know whether I was coming or going. And we were all just in a state of perpetual shell shock. And then one day, one of my favorite radio shows came back on. 
and it was like a life raft. Like it just this this little slice of normalcy just just returned, and I couldn't believe how reassuring it was. So I err on the other side. I say put the show out because somebody might need that because it's something they look forward to and it's something that gives them a sense of peace or stability or whatever. It might give them a tether. So never doubt that as long as it's not inappropriate, it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, you know, that's my I, two cents on it. Yeah, no, I just, you know, you mentioning that, uh, I think about when, uh, John Stewart did his first daily show after nine 11 and, <laughs> And he said exactly the same thing. He's like, you know, we didn't feel right doing this for, for a while, but now we've got to come back. And he, and he gave one of the most moving monologues ever uh, before the, before the show started. And then they went, they went and, and just got silly again. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, the Starbase will be back soon. Uh, Track no Babel will be starting up this week and, uh, and we'll be doing at home con. And what? Through the 28th. 25th through the 28th. So my favorite uh, clip when we're talking about that with the 9-11, um, my favorite clip is when Saturday Night Live came back and did a live show a couple weeks after 9-11 and they had missed a couple weeks and they finally came back and Giuliani was there at the beginning and Lauren Michaels was up there with him and Giuliani was saying to him, I think it's very important that you help you know, the people of our city and the people of our country take their mind off of what's going on and go ahead and do a regular show. And Lauren Michael said, is it okay if we're funny? Mm-hmm. And Giuliani said, why start now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember when we thought Giuliani was a, was a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. That's, uh, that's gotta do it for tonight. Make sure you, uh, you join us, uh, for at home con on, uh, June the 25th through the 28th. Look forward to talking to you then. Until then, bye-bye. Peace out. Bye. Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast.